the person who gets the most done has the least excuses. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone. It's Deborah Kozowski here, and we are here with a holiday edition. I know many of you might be on the go, running errands, visiting family and friends. And I just wanted to ensure that we keep that consistent practice throughout 2023 as we're moving into the brand new year and just get you primed up for 2024. Today, I wanted to talk to you about perfectionism. And perfectionism is something that has many definitions for many people. It sometimes can stem from, you know, expectations either that maybe were set for us by our parents, society expectations, different contexts of, you know, really thinking about personal standards, criticisms, doubts that we've had, and concern over making mistakes. And that really gets us in this cycle of perfectionism. And if you're wondering if you're caught in perfectionism, I want you to just take a deep breath because I think all of us have some perfectionism at some point. You know, sometimes we struggle making decisions and want things to go perfectly when we walk into a networking event or a social situation. And, you know, there might be times where you tell yourself that you're not good enough, or you have these doubts that you can follow through on things that you wanted to accomplish. So you procrastinate and you might hit some low points because you don't want to even bother trying because you don't think that you're going to perform to the standard or the expectations you've set for yourself. And the one thing I want to say about that is, is it realistic? Some of these expectations that pressure that you put on yourself, is it really moving the needle forward to get you to where you want to go? Because, you know, I can say that I'm a recovering perfectionist because I've caught myself in perfectionism. I've learned how it's held me back. And I've learned how sometimes when the imperfectness of myself comes out, it is more beautiful and astonishing than I've ever thought. And the reason I bring it up is not to talk about me because my focus is about you and me just sharing some vulnerability with you of that I too, you know, am recovering from perfectionism and really diving in and looking at it from a place of compassion and grace and understanding as to why these things occur. So one of the things that we can be driven actually by our perfectionism, or we can also be held back by it. And again, thinking about your definition of perfection, you know, when I think of perfection and I think 
of different instances where I've made mistakes or I've course corrected or I've had expectations. And then I started questioning them. Were they really serving me? Were they more assumptions? And what drives that perfection? To really think about where is it coming from? And what would happen if I took imperfect action and, you know, had a chance to course correct as I went versus being held back from not putting the effort at all thinking, well, if I can't do that, you get caught in that fixed mindset. So one of the things I want you to keep in mind is perfectionism is actually a habit, a habit of catching ourselves in playing safe to avoid things that we really want to do. <laughs> I know it's crazy because if you really want to do something, why would you be holding yourself back? Right? It seems contradiction, very contradictory to what you want to accomplish. But here's some examples. And I want you to think about this for yourself. You know, does the conditions like going to the gym or the weather or um, the time of day matter to you in order to take an action. So let's talk about journaling, for example. Do you journal first thing in the morning or are you a nighttime journaler? What would happen if you journaled in the middle of the day? Would it throw you off course because it's not part of your habits and routines? Would that be imperfect to do it at a different time on one day? Would it throw you completely off track? and, Or would you avoid it altogether because you missed it, as an example? Or thinking about, you know, these are situations that I just, it's mind-blowing to think about, like the gym. Are you a morning gym goer? Or can you go in the middle of the afternoon for a workout? Or do you worry about, you know, whether or not you have to wash your hair or you got things on the go and will it fit into your day or do you like to do the nighttime workout? So it's really interesting to me when people even cancel on events or doing things because of the weather. You know, I, when I did 75 hard, one of the things he says is with Andy Frazella is life can be inconvenient. So what are you going to do about it? And there's also a quote that's been floating around that I've, I've just loved that there is no bad weather, there's bad clothing choices. So, uh, you know, I, considering safety, of course, but thinking about in the winter, can you layer it up? In the summer, can you protect yourself from the sun? You know, and the conditions and being, you know, mindful of safety. You know, I, nobody wants to be at risk. So making sure you're properly closed, but that's the point of the quote, right? If you are properly prepared, there's no tsunami, there's no monsoons, there's nothing that is putting you at risk. Can you layer up and dress properly for the weather and still be active? You know, so really thinking about do the conditions need to be perfect? Is it the timing? Is it that it has to be the timing of the day or a location or the environment? that it has to be perfectly suited for you? And can that be perfection? Maybe that you make it a moving target so you avoid doing what you know you need to do most. Here's the other thing. Some people don't even take action because they don't think that they have 
the knowledge or they don't think that they know enough. So then they go into that movement of self-doubt and it's not going to be perfect. So we can't move ahead with a course or a project. And here's the thing. All of it is a narrative that you tell yourself about what's possible for you. Does the time of day matter? Are there people working out at those times? Yes. Are there people writing at different times or journaling at different times? Of course there is. But what happens is we get caught ourselves into a habit loop. And we're so used to doing things a certain way, sometimes it's hard to break free when life becomes inconvenient and you need to change things up. So I'm here to tell you that instead of getting caught in that things have to be a certain way to allow yourself some of that imperfection, to allow yourself to feel that vulnerability that, oh my gosh, I can change things. But here's the thing. People do not change unless they have awareness a change needs to happen. You can share different things. You can educate someone. And if they're not aware of the need to change, they won't change. But the only person you have control over that changes is yourself. Recognizing that, oh my gosh, I think I am caught in perfection in some of these instances, and I'd like to do something different about it. So here's the thing. We know that thoughts influence how we feel and how we feel impacts the actions that we take and ultimately the results that we get. But also once you take action, you also feel. And when you feel good about the actions you've taken, you're likely to take more actions and get more ideas and feel good about the actions you're taking. So action inspires more action. So when we hear the words emotion and feelings, emotion comes before motion. So when we, or it can come before and after, but really it's about being in motion, right? This emotion, this emotion that is bringing forth more action is giving us momentum. It's getting us excited and anticipating the next result that we're going to get or the outcome. We want to see what will happen when I do this. So instead of waiting to take action, waiting for the feeling, because if we wait for the feeling, that feeling might not come, but you can move into action and the feeling can show up after you take in the action. And then it emotes more feeling and you get more excited and anticipatory, like I said, and move more into action. And that action will start giving you some of the results in your life. And, you know, sometimes we think it's got to be these monumental changes and it really isn't. It is the smallest change. You know, it might be that you read five to 10 pages versus 40 pages of a book on a regular basis daily. It might be that you go for a half an hour walk and walk as much as you can in that 30 minutes. You know, it could be three kilometers one day, it might be four kilometers the next. And, you know, it's really about looking at 
chunking down some of these steps, because if you're looking for everything to be perfect, you might not take any action at all. So really thinking about what is that perfection doing? Often it's because you're not satisfied and we'll never have that satisfaction because it's never adequate. It never reaches that standard. The bar just keeps getting higher and higher. But can you strive for excellence knowing that you want to just grow as a person and do the best that you can? You know, there are many people in the world who are setting unrealistic expectations. They get stuck in the loop of needing to be perfect. They want validation from others that they're okay, they're enough. And we can get so caught up in making mistakes. But most of the mistakes are not going to do severe damage, right? They are learning opportunities they are opportunities to move forward and take these lessons forward. And to really think a lot kinder, to give yourself more compassion, to really know that you're enough. And, you know, when you think that if I don't make any mistakes, I'm going to be perfect, they're going to want me. They're also going to see someone who's afraid to take any risks and take a chance on themselves. So really thinking about how can you have self-acceptance, believe in your strengths and abilities and talents, and actually striving for more excellence in everything that you do. Because when we hide behind perfectionism, we are avoiding any type of failure. We are avoiding taking any risks. We are avoiding stepping out of the comfort zone. And, you know, when you have unrealistic expectations or you're needing that sense of approval from others, it really stops you from stepping into the person who you're meant to be. Are you someone who, you know, avoids doing things and there's the safety of sitting behind a television or not sitting behind, sitting behind a computer. There are no limits. You know, sometimes people will say that if I was less than perfect or imperfection, that people would see me as having low standards or that I'm okay with failure. And maybe it means that you just don't want to improve. But that doesn't mean that it's true. It means that you actually do the work that you want to do, but you're not caught up in this need for perfection, this need for rigidity, that you can have this mindset of acceptance and know that you can have positive action. You know, when it comes to 
being free of the pressures that we put ourselves on for perfection, those high expectations. Like I believe in high standards. I don't believe that we need to put excessive, unrealistic expectations on ourselves that we get so upset and stressed out when things happen. I believe that we can strive for excellence and maintain a standard for ourselves that gives us that extra edge of knowing what we want, being clear on what we want, and taking action toward what we want. But here's some things that I want you to think about. If you focus so much on results, sometimes that's where that perfectionist tendency falls into. I also want you to have enjoyment of the journey. You know, we talk about the results as the destination or, you know, the ultimate goal as the, the destination. And, you know, sometimes when you get to that destination, it's been like, well, this is what it was. Have you ever had that happen that you, you work so hard towards something and then when you got there, you're like, is this it? Is that all there was? And you realize in hindsight who you became in the process because it ultimately was the journey, the route to that destination that gave you that anticipation, that gave you that excitement, that helped you grow and stretch beyond what you thought was possible. Or sometimes when we get fixated on problems, you know, sometimes we forget about the path to the solution. You know, often I will coach people and, you know, they will get so fixed on the problem that I have to remind them that I'm coaching the person, not the problem, because the person has the solution within them. And I know this to be true. They have the capacity to build this vision of the life that they have for themselves. But when you focus on the obstacles and the problems in the way, it's hard to see the solutions. And sometimes we can map everything out with all the details and all it takes sometimes is going for a walk in nature. It could be washing dishes. It could be vacuuming the house. It, it could be, you know, going for a coffee and sitting by yourself in, in silence so many different things that lead to those eureka and aha moments because your mind needs a break for the solution to appear for you to have that trusting in yourself that you have the answers or the efforts that you put in you have to trust that the efforts you put in will give you the reward that you're seeking and it's so interesting you know when people do have their aha moments that's that's what lights me up with coaching is to really be a part of that, to really see the person that they're becoming to support that growth and to see their confidence soar in how they found the answers from within. That's what a coach does. The coach is there to help you access that insight into yourself and who you're becoming. And, you know, sometimes people get focused on they have to do it the right way versus thinking that there's many ways to the same path. And sometimes it's more about actually doing it. You know, when they talk about people's regrets when they pass away or are about to pass away and they reflect on their lives. 
and thinking about all the things that they didn't do because they were so afraid to do it. And then it was because they couldn't trust in themselves to know that they could figure it out. But think about some of the incremental steps that you could take towards something. Maybe you want to write that book. Can you start with 50 words a day, 100 words a day, and gradually increase as you develop the habit? I challenge you. I want you to test some of the habits that you have. And if you're caught in the habit of perfection, what are some imperfect actions that you could take that can help you get started to one of your goals and dreams? You know, instead of focusing on the failure, like when we think about team sports, are you playing to win? Are you playing not to lose? It's, it's a crazy, it's total shift in mindset. So I really want you to think about that. Are you playing to win? Are you having that compound effect on all the incremental actions that you're taking to build the momentum, to build the anticipation of getting to your success? Or are you playing it safe so you don't lose? Because at the end of the day, you're losing anyway, because you're not all in. You're protecting yourself. You're hiding behind the shield of failure and perfectionism, procrastinating from taking the actions, worried so much about failure that you don't want to move forward. And can you focus on taking that step versus worried about the timing or the environmental influences to trust that the actions will lead you to the path that you need. Because every action, every response or the feedback that you get from the world around you is directing you to the right place. And knowing that you're always at the right place at the right time. And trusting in yourself that you will have some of those results that you're looking for. The other thing that I want to point out to you is when we think about taking action, you know, that motivation comes from taking more action. And when we start seeing some results, those glimmers of hope, they are what drives us. They are what the parts that get us excited about taking the next step. But I also know as a recovering perfectionist that we can have unrealistic expectations that we set for ourselves and getting caught up in those unrealistic expectations can really be draining. And it could be that they're either the expectations we put on ourselves or we think that there's expectations that people have of us. So we work to prove ourselves because, you know, underlying there's that not enoughness and it can be like a moving target. Seriously. You know, when we're looking for validation for others, wondering why they're not recognizing our worth or recognizing our knowledge, but the only person who really needs to do that is you. The only person who needs to do that for me is me to give that validation, to 
approve of our enoughness. And I really want you to think about when you think about perfectionism, how is it taking you away from stepping into the actions to be satisfied with what you have right now to feel that sense of peace within and really getting more out of life, out of that enjoyment. You know, the other day I was listening to an audiobook and they were talking about that when you can slow yourself down and really be in tune to yourself and really focus and being present with those around you, that you don't have to work as hard to get the results that you truly want because of your true essence and who you show up as. You give people your full attention, you're fully present, and you get ideas that come to you because you've been able to slow down to listen to them. Otherwise, I think we get so caught up in daily activity that even when we have the solution to something that we might feel challenged with or having that flash of insight that we don't, we're not able to receive it because we've busied ourselves so much with or stimulated ourselves so much with, you know, social media and electronics and thinking that we need to respond to this email or, you know, having something constantly on the go, whether it be music or video or TV, that that silence scares us. It scares us because it's going to give insight. It's going to make us think, and then we're going to have to feel, and oh my goodness, if I feel, I don't know if I'll feel good enough to take the actions necessary to get the results that we want. It's a crazy cycle. And, you know, what we really want to do is pay attention to the steps that get us there. Not needing to be rescued because if someone takes away part of the path because they did it, you don't learn the skills that get you there. And the person you become in the process. And really, it is being able to drive your positive results, focusing on the process and thinking about some of the things that hold us back from caring about whether something is perfect. Here's something very interesting. I remember the first time I was on stage, I was speaking to a beautiful, you know, audience and I was, you know, walking across the stage, telling my story. And all of a sudden, my mind kind of went blank for a quote. And I want, I could probably summarize it or paraphrase it, but I was so determined that I had to say it word for word. I had to walk to the lectern and read it from my papers. And uh, I was so nervous about it, but it was so important to me that I needed to share these words. And, you know, the audience wouldn't have known. But after that, I reflected and I, you know, at that time, I was upset with myself. It's like, Deb, you know, this quote, why did you have to go look it up? And why was it so need to be perfect? Because I wanted everybody to accept me. I wanted them to think I was great. They didn't know it was my first time. 
I did. And I think, you know, what, when I think about that talk, I just, I was in my element. And just because of this one piece, I can reflect back and say, Deb, you could have just relaxed. You could have just paraphrased it. They would have got the message. And, you know, and what I did wasn't wrong either, because I made sure that they heard the quote the way I wanted it intended. So really think about your first time at something. Were you spectacular? Chances are not. But as you did more and more of it, I bet you got pretty good. And you even honed your skills and you got better. And this is where I think some of us, and maybe part of what had happened to me then was that I felt imposter syndrome, right? Thinking that, oh, they're going to find out it's my first time. How could I be on this big stage in front of all these people? And you know what? I got such great feedback, but this is the thing, whether it's good or bad feedback, it's still there to teach us things. And the, at the end of the day, the only person who needs to validate you is you. It's great to have the accolades, but watch so you don't get caught into people pleasing or, you know, not taking action because you feel criticized and then having that more of that doubt settle in. Take each time as a learning experience of how you can be better than the next time and practice and learn and keep yourself in that growth mindset, challenging yourself, letting perfection not hinder you from taking the actions that you need to move forward. Know that you're perfectly imperfect and that's awesome. It is completely awesome. And that when you really focus on improving yourself and really look at not stressing out over things and not caring about some of the mistakes or imperfectness to the delivery, that knowing whoever it needs to impact, it will. And knowing that the knowledge that you have is good enough and that everyone out there could have some form of imposter syndrome because we're all learning as we go. Nobody said that there was a manual that went with each one of us. And, you know, I jokingly will say, you know, my parents are in their seventies and they're seven in their seventies for the first time. And no one told them how to be that. And no one told me how to be my age at my age or how to be. So I get to be me and you get to be you. So really thinking about putting things in perspective. What are things like for you right now? And thinking about the results that you want. See, it's about the gap. It is about where you are today and where you want to go. And this is what I love about coaching because I love hearing about people's visions, their dreams, where they want to go, and how can I help them get there? And it's not that I can help everyone, but I, I love to give it a shot. I love to be a thought provoker. I love to ask the questions that give that spark of insight. I love to be a thinking partner. 
I love to be the sounding board. And I just love watching people connect with their inner knowing that they have the awareness of the solutions. They are fully capable of knowing exactly what's going to work best for them and the actions necessary to move forward. I'm always there to support and bounce ideas off of, but ultimately my clients are the ones who know exactly what it is that they need for themselves. And I get to be the guide. So when you're thinking about perfectionism and you're getting caught in the cycle and rumination and the doubt, I want you to just take a slow, deep breath. Inhale and that full exhale. And knowing that you are caught maybe in a habit of perfection. And when you have awareness that you caught in a habit based on expectations and doubts and all of these things and worried about mistakes, that that's when you can stop and say, you know what? I see how it's impacting me. Now I want to do something about it. So, you know, think about this conversation today. And I want you to take an opportunity to maybe re-listen to it and thinking about what are the things that resonated with you the most? What are the actions that you're going to start taking because you realize that you've been holding yourself back? And maybe it is the smallest action. Maybe it's an email to get information. Maybe it's picking up the phone and calling someone or asking someone to mentor you to really know that it doesn't have to be a huge step. It's going to feel like a huge step for you, of course, right? But it's doing it on a consistent basis, focused on what you want with clarity to make things happen and staying committed to yourself. I want to thank you for joining me here on the Millionaire Woman Show. I want to help you launch into your best year ever and really thinking about how perfection could be you know, be overwhelming you with those expectations that either are the ones that are driving you or they're ones holding you back. But at some point, if you can let go of some of that pressure, slow down and really enjoy the process, that you will have greater strides in moving forward and getting the solutions that you want to create that best life. You can go to my website, at www.debrakazowski.com. You can get your 10-page PDF, Reset Your Mindset. And as Mahama Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And as always, go out and make today great. <music>